0: Press play curtain of an hour in. It's time to take a spin. the shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got an on the option? No? I'm not well, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey, Say no more. Drama Drama, drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture love and life in new, new york, york city. city dylan what is going on it is a it, it, it's been like a minute i feel like since we sat down and recorded because mm-hmm. sometimes we'll do these like all in one week and then release them over the course of a month sometimes we'll do them a month apart it is so good to do this i have so much fun doing this and i forget how much fun it is and like as we're like going through we're, like releasing everything week to week and then we sit down and do it and it's like oh yeah this is like almost our 40th episode. We're almost at 40. <gasps> wait, wait. There's something that we haven't talked about, which now is still not the time. Okay. But I have been dying to talk about the Leah Michelle of it all. Oh my God. We're going to still have to postpone it till later because now is still not the time. I know. There are way more important things <laughs> going on right now. There are, you have a complicated history with Leah Michelle <laughs> that we will get to eventually. Yeah. Um, there is something that I want to say. Um, we. Last week we talked about Brianna Taylor. This week I specifically want to bring attention to the senseless murder of Elijah McLean in Colorado that happened. It's almost been a year. It was last August, and there's going to be some info in the notes of this episode as well as on our social media. But we need to demand justice and continue to draw attention to this. Um, and, and like I said, we talked about Brianna Taylor last week. The notes about that are in those episode notes. So that is what's way important. Than Leah Michelle, right now. We'll get to Ms. Michelle. We will get there, but not right now. Oh, she will have her day. Connor, I do need to talk about something else that's important. Okay. Well, hurry up because I'm so excited to talk to you I know, guests. I know. Well, this, this segues in appropriately. Oh, perfect. I feel like I am hungover today. Oh, what I'm, I'm going to call it a Hamilton hangover because we watched. (laughs) I'm mad. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Fun alliteration because last night we finally watched Hamilton, which I mean, this is, it's a Sunday It came out on Friday. Yeah. Last night was like an event. It truly was. And I just have to say, we did see Hamilton. We've seen it twice in person, but we'll get into it later. Um, I'm so grateful that we have this to watch over and over and over again now. It's unbelievable, and I forgot that it's good. (laughs) Well, I remember, I think it was like back in like January or February, I texted you and I said, Connor, I'm listening to Hamilton at work today, dot, dot, dot. It's good. (laughs) I remember when you sent me that text, I, I laughed out loud because I was like, you know what it is? And I think things come out, and Hamilton... I mean, cultural phenomenon, when it came out, you know, five years ago, and then, like, even through the whole next year, through the Tonys, and then everything, um, it was everywhere, and I loved it, and I was listening to it and watching everything, and I think I just kind of, there was so much of it that I kind of just forgot that it's amazing, because everybody was like, oh, it's amazing, and now, once again, I feel like I'm rediscovering the show, I, I sound so stupid, but, um, no, I was literally- I, I, I had I had songs stuck in my head this morning about, I guess I'm hung over from Hamilton too, because I literally had some front runner Males. for the title of the episode. <laughs> of the of the episode. <laughs> I had songs stuck in my head and I haven't in so long. And I think that there's something so special about um, capturing most of the original Broadway cast in this, um, this live filming of it. I know it, it is so brilliant and the performances are phenomenal. And I just feel like lucky that this is coming out right now in this time. And now, was it supposed to go to theaters? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, it was. It had a scheduled theatrical release, which I think means that some of the... I think it could be nominated for Oscars because of the new Oscars rules about if something was supposed to go to theaters, it is still eligible to be nominated for things. So Hamilton could now also be sweeping the Oscars. And I think there's a case be made for it because I think a lot of other things aren't going to come out this year. Uh, things have been pushed, so... You know what? And in the way that it was filmed, it, it felt like a different experience than seeing it on stage. And there are two performances in particular that I think should win Oscars. <gasps> I'm shaking. All right. Well, well, maybe, well okay, I can think everybody should obviously, but Renee Elise Goldsberry. Yeah. And Chris Jackson. Oh, I love him. The vocals, of course, Leslie, of course, of course. But I felt like, and I've only watched the movie once. I felt like he wasn't as present in the film version as I remember the character of Burr being present in the stage version. Maybe it was just the way that the camera wasn't, like he wasn't always in the shot. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to watch it again and check. But he's I know unreal. And, oh my, I sh- okay, we, we could get into it and get into it. And it's, we will. It's appropriate that we're talking about Hamilton today. Roll the credits, Dylan. Because we have a guest who has been Hamilton. I'm going to get into it. Our guest today is a young, scrappy, and hungry revolution of a performer. He is known to audiences nationwide as the titular role of Alexander Hamilton, having toured the country before making his debut as the lead on Broadway. Our guest also wowed in One Day, the musical off-Broadway, Douglas Carter Bean's Hood, the Robin Hood musical adventure, Hangar Theater, which is in Ithaca, production of In the Heights, the world premiere of Jerry Mitchell's Gotta Dance, Choir Boy at Geffen Playhouse, and as the lime green speedo wearing hunk, Adrian on Pose season two. He is an original Broadway cast member of the Bob Dylan musical Girl from the North Country as Joe Scott, which opened in March just before the shutdown, and we saw, having provided his glorious vocals for the cast album as well. He is an In-N-Out Burger aficionado, an activist, and hashtag a. Scott Ham, Please welcome to drama,
1: Austin Scott. Oh my God. Wait, that is the best introduction I have ever received. Thank you. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> can you like it's write? It's true. It's true. Everything all of can... it. I, all of it's true, right? <laughs> yeah. Dylan's doing freelance work, so he'll definitely do I it. I will be calling you for sure. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll send that to you. Austin, thank you for doing this.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Um, I'm, I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts about the Hamilton. Have you, have you seen the Hamilton films? So yet? full
1: disclosure, I've not watched the entire thing all the way through. That's fair. I have watched bits and pieces, um, mainly things that I did not get to watch being in the show, which is essentially the whole show. But uh, there, are, there are moments <laughs> like wait for it and one last time and satisfied. I had to go watch satisfied because just seeing the whole of rewind course. sequence, like it's been years since I've seen that. So um, I haven't seen the whole thing, but the, the little bits that I have seen, incredible
0: yeah because this was so they filmed it like right after the tony's
1: yeah they blocked off the theater i mean i remember walking by and just like seeing the whole theater blocked off for like a whole week um they basically just you know set up a set in there and it was super secretive they weren't really telling people what they were doing and i remember that it was cool
0: so was it actual performances that were filmed or did they do this during the day or something like that? So
1: don't quote me on this. My understanding okay. was that they that they kind of filmed it dry. Um, and so as I'm watching it, obviously you hear all the, the, the sound, you know, the, the audience and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I think they may have layered that over, but they may have just like kind of let in specific audiences and, and done it like that um my only thing is having been in a show that was that was filmed we did a lot of b-roll and stuff for girl from the north country there's a lot of rigging that has to be set up and there's really not a lot of space for audience members to sit so I'm not exactly sure how they would have been able to get all the high quality shots that they did and the angles if they had a full audience but again don't quote me I wasn't I wasn't
0: there of course of course but you weren't you like the sixth full-time Hamilton, something like that? I was, yeah. In all the companies
1: when I joined, I was the sixth. And then when I went to Broadway, I was the fourth, I think.
0: Wow. And I mean, we're the same age. So it's like to be this (laughs) young and be leading the biggest phenomenon in the last decade on Broadway. What was that like? It was a trip. (laughs) It was
1: was crazy. I mean, I, I remember just the day that I found out I got it, which was, you know, I think back in... Summer of 2017, I think, um, I just had this, this moment of realization where I was like, my entire world is just going to shift. It's about to flip upside down. Oh, the world turned upside down. The
0: world turned upside down? <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there?
1: Um, but I just, I, I had this just like prescient moment of just like, this is this is a, this is a, this is a moment. This is a turning of a chapter in my life. Like from this point on, things are just going to be different. And it was, I mean, my life has changed in innumerable ways since, since I booked it.
0: Where were you when you got that call?
1: So it's a kind of an interesting story. So we had been hearing, we being me and my agents, um, had been hearing that like an answer was going to be coming for like four or five days. or like, you're in the mix. Like you're one of their favorites. They really, really love you. Um, there's a real world in which you might get this. Um, and I was actually, actually auditioning for another Broadway show at the time. I won't say which one, but I was in final <laughs> callbacks for, for that one. So it was kind of like this weird thing where it's like, one of these things might come through. Neither might come through. We don't know. Um, so I had gotten on the train to go to Central Park that morning to just kind of clear my head and try and not, you know, stress. And I got the call um, as I was on the train. So I jumped off in the middle of Harlem. And it's like, well, you don't, you don't have to stress about which one it's going to be because you, you booked Hamilton. So <laughs> you know, uh, why don't we go with that one? Um, yes. I just like freaked out. It was crazy.
0: That's incredible. So how soon after that call then did you take over or because it was the tour first, right? Right.
1: It was the tour first. So I was not allowed to tell anybody about this for like four months. Basically, I wasn't allowed to tell anybody until I actually stepped on stage and debuted that night. And that was January 6th. And again, I found out, I don't know, August, July or August in 2017. So I, I went through the entire rehearsal process. I was rehearsing in New York at the Richard Rogers with the original, with the, with the company, a lot of the original company. Um, And I couldn't tell anybody about it. All I could do was say, like, hey, y'all, stay tuned. Something cool coming down the pike. You know, (laughs) it might be something you've heard of, but can't talk about it. Um, So that drove me crazy. But, yeah, that was about three three or four months from the time that I got the call to the time that I actually debuted. Wow. And where did the tour – open up? So I joined the company that was doing the California sit down for six months. So they, oh. they had been in um, or no, it's not a whole year, actually, because they had been, I think, in San Francisco for six months, and then LA at the Pantages for six months. And I basically joined right as they were launching the true tour. So I okay. debuted in San Diego. And then we went across the country and it was amazing. Did you go to Cleveland? I did not go to Cleveland. I think, I think though it might have been my company that went to Cleveland after me. That may have been because they launched. So they launched the second national tour about six months into my run. Yeah, so they, okay. they were, we were kind of like crisscrossing um, these two tours at the same time. Were you? Was Rory O'Malley with you? So Rory, okay. yeah, Rory was my King George for I think the first. I don't know, maybe just a couple weeks. I think he was, he was kind of leaving just as I was coming in. Okay. Um, yeah. He,
0: he was, we, he was on drama two weeks ago. Oh
1: my God. I love him. We actually just did a, a fundraiser um, the other day through, through this company boom that we work with. Um, I love him so oh, much. Nice.
0: Shout out to boom. Shout out to boom. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Okay. Wait, now we have so many questions, so many things we're getting ahead of ourselves as always, but we do need to ask you a key question that we ask everyone. Mm-hmm. And that is, are you well? All things considered.
1: uh, Yeah, I can't, you know, I can't. It's a very, that's a very complex and loaded question at this time, (laughs) for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm as well as I can be. I think I I have it. I'm very blessed in a lot of ways and I have it a lot better than many people do because I'm, you know, I'm here kind of in the middle of nowhere in this little like loft barn living with my girlfriend. So I have, you know, someone here with me. Um, I have an amazing support group. So I'm very, very grateful for that, you know, but there's, there's a lot of, um, just emotional ups and downs and confusing feelings, you know, that, that I've been processing. And I think, you know, a lot of us are processing, um, it's just a, it's a, it's a time that is hard to explain. It's a, it's an emotional state that's hard to explain.
0: Absolutely. Have you, um, have you been, you said you're in like a, I can kind of see the background. It's like a barn cabin Mm -hmm. type situation. Have you been there since the beginning of quarantine?
1: Yeah. So Broadway shut down on March 12th, I think. And we basically, um, I'm staying out here. This is my girlfriend's parents, uh, place in south burlington vermont and they basically just like offered they're like if y'all want a place to just kind of stay for a little while that's you know away from from it all uh, you're welcome to come stay out here and so i think two days after that maybe like on the 16th or something like that we came out um and yeah we've been here ever since
0: wow that's so wild so thankfully you have your girlfriend and wait and i and i read online that you and her met while doing another lynn manuel miranda project (gasps) Mm -hmm. wait tell me i don't know this
1: yeah, we met doing In the Heights at the Hangar Theater in upstate New York. Um, oh, nice. That was like, oh, God, three three or four years ago now, I think, yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, well, I'm so glad you guys met each other. I have to say really quick, In the Heights, I-, I love Hamilton. I love In the Heights. It is like in my top five favorite musicals of all time. Like, oh, my God. I remember when it came out, I would watch their Tony's performance over and over and over again that summer and got the cast album. I hadn't seen it yet, but would I put like all the music on my iPod mm-hmm. and would just like walk around. Like I was in a in gym class at the time in high school, and they, like always they just made us walk the track all day, which was like kind of all random. the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could either shoot basketballs or walk the track, and so I would just walk the track and <laughs> listen to um, In the Heights nonstop, obsessed and can't wait to see the film, yeah, the feature film.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm really excited for it. And that was one of the first, like, musical theater soundtracks that you could really, like, drive down the road blasting on your car stereo with the windows down, and it didn't sound like, you know, musical theater or what people think musical theater sounds like. Um, so I remember I, I was in love with that soundtrack, too, for a long time. Still am. Who did you play in In the Heights? I played Benny. So I've actually played him twice. I did it. I did another production in northern california at a a theater called theater company called broadway for the bay um about a year before i did it at the hangar so i i love that show it's very near and dear to my heart
0: and it brought love to your life yes (laughs) was she was she nina then
1: no so she well she so she covered nina and and she played yolanda so that's that's you know one of the one of the uh ensemble tracks and
0: oh how fun that is such a great show. Oh wait, and you know what? I actually saw the video that you and your girlfriend made for the R&H Goes Pop mm-hmm. project they have going on. And she is unbelievably talented yeah, as well. she's so.
1: incredible. <laughs> she is incredible.
0: That's great. Um, okay, so going back to Hamilton. So then how, how soon after the tour did you ultimately go to Broadway?
1: So I did the tour for a year and then I transferred directly to Broadway. Oh my goodness. Um, so I had found out, it was another one of those things where it's like for about a couple months or so leading up to getting the call that I was going to transfer, it was kind of like, you know, you're, you're mainly who they're looking at. They're just kind of shif- shifting, shifting around the puzzle pieces and deciding who's going to go where. And so I think I found out maybe three or four months before I left tour uh, that I was going to be moving, okay. moving to Broadway. So, but again, I couldn't tell anybody uh, until like, a week before I debuted. So once again, I had to kind of sit on it. And even when I left tour, I was like, I'm 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 heading out, I'm I'm leaving leaving the show, but am I? <laughs> it was just like very,
0: <laughs> very like cryptic and couldn't couldn't actually say, but yeah. And I'm sure it was interesting too, because like I know the case in Cleveland here is that a lot of the roadhouses are so much bigger than Broadway theaters too. Mm. And there are a lot of subscription houses. What were the fans like on the road versus in NYC?
1: Well, I mean, first thing I'll say is the Richard Rogers theater, the Broadway theater that the show is in is probably the smallest theater I've ever performed that show in. Um, Wow. It's, it's very, it's very intimate. I think the largest theater on the road was probably the Fox theater in St. Louis. And that was like 42 or 4,500 seats. Whereas the Richard Rogers, the fabulous Fox. Yes. Whereas the Richard Rogers is only like 13, 1400. So very different in that regard. Also, the, the theaters in New York are more or less consistent, I'd say. You know, you, you kind of have mm-hmm. the same kind of people coming in night after night, so you can kind of um, expect what kind of responses you're going to get to any given line, you know, stuff like that. There's some variation. But on tour, um, every city had its own flavor. Every every audience oh, had yeah. its own flavor. You know, D.C. was much more kind of refined, and and uh, they held back in their response, whereas, like, you know, the, the – um, the Atlanta theater was like off the roof or St. Louis was off the roof. So um, you never really knew what you were going to get. Um, and even night tonight, it it changed vastly on tour. So yeah, it was, it was much more of a kind of just like roll the dice and see what we're going to get tonight. when We were on tour.
0: Oh, that's so fun. Do you have a favorite tour stop that you guys had?
1: I really loved DC I think D.C. was probably my favorite. That was one of the longest. So we would we would stop in a city anywhere from three weeks to three months, basically. Um, and we were in D.C. for about three months. And I, yeah, I just really loved it. I'd never been before. Um, really got to kind of like feel like I sat down and put down some roots for a little while and just could, you know, settle in for a minute. Um, and the, we we performed at the Kennedy Center, which is just gorgeous, 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 if you've ever been. It's one of the most stunning theaters I've ever seen. So.
0: Yeah, I really love it. It is beautiful. Yeah. We ran, actually, back to In the Heights. Dylan, isn't that where we saw In the Heights? Yeah, when they did, um, it had like Vanessa Hudgens Yeah, the it? one they just did with and, Anthony Ramos played a uh, yeah. his role. Yeah, He was amazing. The whole production was amazing. We saw like this added performance they did where like the whole thing sold out. Mm. And then they added like an extra one Sunday night. Oh, it was so good. But that theater is gorgeous. It is so beautiful,
1: especially the ceiling. Oh, my God. It's just so beautiful. And just on a little side note, I think one of my least favorite stops, uh, not, not because of Drama. not because of the city itself, but because of the geographical location of the city, was Denver. Probably because okay. the altitude is so high and the air is so thin there that we actually have to, we had to have. Uh, oxygen tanks on either side of the stage, and dancers and, and actors too. We would come off after you know really intense scenes like Yorktown or something, and we would just like take a hit of the, the oxygen for a couple minutes and be like <laughs> a little line for them. So that was um, you know I, that's wild. It was in, it was definitely a challenge and uh, uh, you know interesting an interesting challenge to overcome.
0: Who else was in your cast? Because I think we saw Nick Walker as Burr. Nick, so Nick
1: Walker was in the second national tour. So that was, he was Burr, yeah. Um, On the second national tour, my Burr for the first like eight months was uh, Nicholas Christopher, who Mm -hmm. actually was in the original cast on Broadway and and covered um, George Washington there. And then he actually, when I moved to Broadway, he moved to Broadway as well and played George Washington for a little while on Broadway. So we got to play, I got to play uh, Hamilton with Burr. Um, with him as Burr and with him as George Washington, which was really interesting. Um, but yeah, we had Nicholas Christopher, um, Chris Lee from the Broadway, I mean, from the Chicago company, played Jefferson for a little while. Jordan Donica was there when I first began. Oh, um yeah, great. Who else? Uh, Julia Harriman was my Eliza for the first part. And then it was Hannah Cruz. And yeah, we we saw Dre, uh, Chandra Hall Broomfield was Mulligan um, Madison pretty much my entire time there incredible like i got to work with such such awesome
0: people oh that's so great and then he went to broadway and you got like mandy gonzalez holding down the fort like holding down the fort she is oh man a legend and and i mean
1: god like james monroe iglehart who we actually both uh did theater in the same area uh, in the bay area we both came from the same place so um i was always aware of him he was like this this bay area legend and so getting to work with him was just incredible he's like my big brother now um and, and uh, Daniel Breaker as Burr, like just, just
0: Broadway legends up there. It was insane. Daniel Breaker is, turns out consistently the best performances no matter what he does. Like I think we saw him in Motown yep. at one point. Like he is amazing. Um, okay, so then did you get, like when you were on Broadway, were there any other of the original cast members still in the production or is that like had a lot of turnover?
1: I think when I joined, there was three I want to say so there was Andrew Chappelle who left right when I left and Thane Jasperson who was the original um oh gosh I'm blanking what's that character's name Samuel Samuel Seabury yes on the on the the soundtrack he's still there he's now the last remaining original cast member I believe he's been there for about five years and I think I think maybe Roddy I'm, I'm not sure, but I know for at least those two were, were original cast members that were still there.
0: What, what would you say the biggest takeaway was for you from playing Hamilton?
1: Oh, man. I mean, I grew in so many ways. It's, I can't even begin to encapsulate everything that I learned. But I think probably the coolest thing was one, just like learning how to um, carry the weight of something that huge, you know, how to like be at the, the, steering wheel or at the head of the ship when the ship is massive and this like global phenomenon. Um, So I think I learned a lot about myself, a lot about my, you know, what I need for self-care to be able to do something like that, how to like deal with nerves, you know, because I mean, I think that was always a constant thing that I, you know, came up against with such a huge show. Um, And also just like the fans, the fans of the show are really, really incredible. Like the best fans ever. They're just so passionate and they love this show so much and getting to talk to them after in the signing line, every, every night, just them tell me the stories about, you know, what Hamilton meant for them or how it changed their perception of themselves or of theater and what's possible in theater or how long and how much they, you know, had to save to come to see the show. Like they, I just, I have so many incredible memories from meeting fans and I still am connected with many of them. So I'd say that's probably the, one of the most incredible things I took away from it.
0: Oh, I love that. I'm sad I missed seeing you in the show. <laughs> I know. I had all of 2019. What was I doing? Oh, that's all right. <laughs> I might be back someday. You never know. I you never know. Because you you were so young when you took over as well that, I mean, it's funny watching even last night, Like a lot of the original cast were probably around the same age as the characters towards the end of the show, yeah. even like, I mean, not the very last scene, but like, you know, like towards the end of the show. So it's like, I feel like you could hop in and out at any point. Well, that's
1: another, I mean, so yeah, if I was, when I joined, I was the sixth to ever play it, the fourth to play it on Broadway. And I'm pretty sure I was the youngest to ever play it. Um, I could or imagine. at least, at least full time. So that's another one of those little like lists, I guess I get to put my name on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, no surprise to me that you took over because you have one of the most incredible voices it is so full of like when we saw we saw girl from the north country and the minute you opened your mouth and saying i did not want it to stop and i sometimes people get weird about us complimenting our guests on this podcast but the instrument that you have is so remarkable
1: thank you so much i really appreciate that Mm
0: -hmm. um so let's transition into girl from the north country because that was obviously the last thing you were working on uh, before all of this happened but What a a fascinating show. I mean, the the only word that comes to mind, we saw it at The Public and then also on Broadway. And it is one of the most haunting pieces of theater I've ever seen. It it is just so unique. And I know the mood setting is just, it, it feels like a play with music at times. But also, like, it's just this fascinating picture of, like, the melting pot of Americana in... I mean, what year does it take place? Like
1: 1934.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Depression era. Exactly. Then. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah
1: it's, you know, when I, when, when describing it, I think I'm still kind of figuring out what the exact tagline is because, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to think of it as a musical because the, the way the music functions in the show is not it doesn't necessarily move the plot forward like most, you know, musicals do or the music and musicals do. It's very much just like there will be a scene that's very much kind of a, you know, I mean, Connor McPherson who wrote it and directed it, he is a playwright. And so his writing is very straight play. Um, you know, feels like a straight play. So you'll have like a scene like that and then you'll kind of have this, this incredible um, Bob Dylan song that'll then come in and just kind of serve to, to elevate whatever the emotion of that scene was, you know, or it's like, you know, if, if, if there was a soundtrack to the, to the character's life in that moment, maybe that's what the song would be that played. So um, it's very interesting in that way. It's, you know, it's um, it is very much like a slice of life and a, a peek through a window at that, you know, a short space of time in all of these people's lives and Bob Dylan's music just serves to kind of amplify uh, the emotions, I think.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's definitely haunting. I, the mood is just set right away with the dim lighting in the theater. Mm-hmm. And, and you're terrific. Like Dylan said, like, what's the one song? Jack, I'm going like, to try to remember the song you When I could very well ask you what it is. Is it called Slow Train? Uh-huh. Slow Train, yeah. Hurricane. Oh, yeah. So good.
1: I love that song. I love it so much. And it's just, you know, it's a really cool moment where I just kind of get to just like open up and tell the audience a little bit about this character even though i'm not necessarily singing as him you know it's it's this kind of weird metaphysical thing but you know you don't you don't get to there's a lot of mystery in the show and i think especially about that character there's a lot of mystery and so it's just kind of fun to to play with that and i feel like i get a lot of um rope to play with that in that song
0: yeah his last name is also scott it is yeah joe scott (laughs) (laughs) meant to be he's meant to be I know, right? Because you were one of the additions when mm-hmm. it came to Broadway, right? Yeah. Okay. And I mean, the whole cast is phenomenal. I have to just say Mayor Winningham oh my Winningham is otherworldly. She
1: is one of my favorite people in the world. She is just, and I mean, she is as sweet and as just incredible as you would hope that she is offstage. Like she is the mother of the cast in many ways. Um, we love her so much.
0: Oh my goodness. Oh, I love well, to hear it. You know, I fell in love with her when she tragically died from having um, the hiccups. hiccups on Grey's Anatomy. Oh my God. Yes. I don't, yes. I don't think her, car- her character is like Meredith Grey's stepmom, so to speak, but I don't think yeah. Meredith ever acknowledges her as mm. that because Meredith is very, very moody and troubled, but <laughs> um, she comes into the hospital just with a simple case of the hiccups and it ultimately costs her her life, which is peak Grey's Anatomy, peak Grey's Anatomy drama. She nailed that episode arc. I mean, she really got it. I mean, we remember her to this day from that. And she's like I know. Horror story all the time. She is she's amazing.
1: Phenomenal. Oh my God. I just watched her newest show. Um, what is it called? The, the, it's the Stephen King show. The Outsider. The Outsider, yes. Oh my God. I was watching mm-hmm. that as we were like in rehearsals. And I just like come in the next day. I'm like, Mary, you got to tell me what happens next. What happens next? Uh-huh. She's like, I can't. I can't tell you anything.
0: Did you, did you finish it. the series? I did. I love it. It was so good. So good. Like, I, I have, like, over the last couple of years, become sort of like a horror fan in a way. Mm-hmm. And it, like, the first couple of episodes especially, scared the shit yeah. out of me. Like, um, and, of course, Ms. Cynthia Erivo. Oh, come on, of course. iconic in that she show. She is
1: incredible. And I mm-hmm. love Jason Bateman, too. He was in that. And I, uh, yeah. It's yeah. Such, a,
0: such a good show. Anytime Mare shows up, you know you're in good hands. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's such a good way to put it. You just
1: like, yeah, you just kind of like some tension releases and you're like, okay, we're, mm-hmm. we're okay. She's got this.
0: Yes. Oh, she's amazing. I, I was too scared to watch The Outsider, but um, maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> you guys are, you, you're selling me on the cast alone. It's pretty incredible. It is, it's a little intense, but it's incredible. Is it? So I have to ask you, have people been discovering you over the last month because Pose season two just hit Netflix? I've definitely gotten a, an influx of... Uh, DMs.
1: Instagram <laughs> Yes, of, of followers, <laughs> yes. especially DMs um, from all over the uh-huh. world. So that's been super fun. I, I remember I just started getting all these these um, these DMs, and I was like, wait, what happened? And I literally, I had forgotten that Pose Season 2 was was up. So as soon as I figured that out, I was like, ah,
0: that, that explains it. There it is. I mean, talk about one episode and making an impression.
1: I mean, a fraction of
0: an episode. I was on screen for maybe like <laughs> seven minutes total in that whole thing um and our listeners might know, will know this episode because it's in post season two it's when it's when the gals go to the beach mm-hmm. and i mean the the plot dynamics of how they end up having this beach house alone it's just true ryan murphy like insanity but uh <laughs> like it's yeah i think janet mock wrote that episode yeah yeah mm-hmm. oh she's amazing oh my god but yeah. um such an impression because you play a love interest for the lead of the show, Mm -hmm. Blanca. And as a fan of the show and as knowing, and as someone who understands how trans women are treated, you're excited. You're like, oh my God, okay, wait. Is this going to be a real, could this be a real relationship? Like what's going on with this guy? She goes for a walk with your character on the beach. I was nervous. I've got to say, I was nervous. You're not alone.
1: A lot of people were. They were just like, he better not turn out to be a murderer. I swear. (laughs) I
0: know. But then he calls, He spoiler alert, if you haven't gotten to the end of season two, but he does, he follows through and he gives her a call. And then he's mysteriously not mentioned again the rest of the season. I know, interesting how that happened, isn't it? <laughs> uh, well, you know what? The door is open and we're going to campaign for more episodes for your character. Yeah. yeah. Wait, are they going to bring you back for season three? Um, You know, they very much, when they had shot, like that. So that
1: was the second to last episode of season two. They were still kind Mm -hmm. of deciding where they wanted to go with it. And then, you know, another spoiler alert alert, with the finale of season two, they did a massive time jump, like a year in the future. So I am not sure um, where they're, where they're going to go. I think, like you said, the door is open. There's so many possibilities. I think they're kind of just figuring it out as they go, especially with the time jump. And I think they might be doing another one. So,
0: you know, maybe, maybe at some point we'll find out what happened in that, in that year. Maybe. I mean, it would have been long distance. So, yeah. you know, between the characters. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Wait. Now, where, where did you guys film that? Did you actually go to the Hamptons?
1: We, or? no, we did it. There was two beaches, I think. They were two New York beaches. I want to say like Atlantic Beach. And there were two beaches that i had never been to before, about like an hour or so outside of like Manhattan. Okay. So, um but yeah,
0: it was I've never pretty... been to any of New York's beaches either. <laughs> yeah, I don't think
1: many people have, except maybe Coney Island, which you should uh-huh. not swim in Coney Island Beach. Um No. But, but yeah, it was like, I remember when we had to do the scene where I dove in and like, you know, rescued her, we actually had a body double that we, we tried it with first and they were like, it's just not looking real enough. Like, you know, Austin, you got to jump in there. And it was like the last like five minutes of, of sunlight and it was cold and the water was getting really choppy. And they're like, it might be too dangerous. And I was like, I got this. I just dove in there and like one take, got it done. Um, it was such a like, one take wonder, one take wonder. It was such a like cool, cool moment.
0: <laughs> And of course, you got to work with MJ Rodriguez, which I must say, she, I just read this on Twitter the other day, she auditioned for Hamilton and everyone said, and she like was called back for Peggy, I want to say. Did she really? Oh my God. Because I actually, I knew
1: MJ before I booked Pose, um, but I haven't talked with her about that. Oh my God. She would have been incredible.
0: I know. Of the three, I feel like she would have been, she could have slayed as Peggy and more importantly, Ms. Mariah Reynolds.
1: Come on, Mariah Reynolds. Oh, I would love to see her as Mariah. Oh my God. Did you? I'm sure y'all have seen her, um, Audrey, right? In Little Shop of Horrors. Uh-huh. Like, she, oh she yeah. Incredible. Oh my God.
0: It's on our constant like loop of like YouTube videos that we revisit. Yes. It's just, it, oh, she's unreal. Yes. Look at all these like iconic people that you've co-starred with. I like, just don't
1: know how I got so lucky. To be <laughs> honest. Like I just, you know, just so, just so grateful.
0: They definitely probably feel the same about you. Okay, so I I've, I've got I, to ask yeah. you. We asked,
1: oh, what were you going to say? I, was gonna say I, mem- I remember singing uh, uh, the last day that I shot and they were driving me back to, um, to my apartment on, when I was shooting Pose. I was in the car with a bunch of them and they were like, so we know you're a singer. You have to sing Happy Birthday to, um, I forget who it was, but somebody in the crew was their birthday. So I <laughs> sang Happy Birthday to like this <laughs> car full of, full of uh, Pose actors. And that was just a fun memory I had.
0: Oh, that's sounds amazing. I love it. Um, Well, I was going to ask you another question, which we ask all of our guests, which is relating to a ring of keys moment. So this relates to a life in the arts, like maybe when you were a kid or maybe even more recent when you were like watching a film or you saw some piece of theater or some sort of music and you thought, oh my God, I need this in my life forever. This is what I want to do with my career, this has to be a part of my everyday life. Do you feel like you have a Ring of Keys moment?
1: Yeah, I think I have. It's kind of a two-parter. I think my f- watching, like, a piece of theater that just kind of really, I think, cemented it for me was when I saw Wicked. Actually, that was one of the first professional productions that I ever saw. And just the spectacle and the the creativity in, in which, you know, they, they flipped that such a classic story and, you know, added this extra element and, and angle to it. It just... I was stunned. I listened to that album over and over again for the next like three years straight. Um, But I'm not sure that that's the moment where I was really like, wow, this is what I want to do. I think it was, I saw Brian Stokes Mitchell in concerts in San Francisco when I was like, I don't know, 14, maybe something like that. And I had, I had been familiar with him. Cause I, I loved like Prince of Egypt, that movie. And he's, you know, he's sang a bunch of songs in that. And um, I knew, I knew of his work, but watching him live, I think that was the first time that I saw myself up there. Like I was like, I, you know, I, I saw myself in him. I saw this incredible role model of, of like who, you know, what theater could be and what a theater artist could be and like a leading man. And I was just like, wow, I, I wanna do that. I want to do that. So I think that was my my real moment.
0: Um, I just need to hear you sing Wheels of a Dream now. <laughs> and because that would be absolutely amazing. Maybe I'll do if a cover soon. I actually soon. yes, please. Um, he is so incredible. I mean, I see why. Also, what production of Wicked did you see? Like, was it on tour? Yeah,
1: I think I saw the I think I saw the out of town tryout actually before it went to Broadway. So I saw uh, oh. Kristen Stewart and Adina Menzel and all of them um, and was just floored. Just like, oh my God, so
0: good. Oh my God, wait, you accidentally said Kristen Stewart and now I'm imagining. See. <laughs>
1: I'm Can, you <laughs> Can you imagine? Now I'm imagining Kristen Stewart. Can you imagine? As I was saying it, I was like, something doesn't sound right. Kristen Stewart. No, that's right. That's right. I'm going to go with it. No, Kristen um, Chenoweth, you, excuse me.
0: Yes. No, my God, no, you're fine. But did you know that Kristen Stewart is going to be playing Princess Diana in... Is that what it is, Connor? Yeah, yeah. In a, in in a new... thing. I don't know about the TV show or film, but she is going to play Princess Diana. Oh, my God. She's had such a
1: fascinating career.
0: Uh, You know, just just constantly taking a turn that I
1: never would have seen coming.
0: (laughs) I know. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how she'll do. I mean, it's always interesting when an American plays a Brit, but like, you know, it might win you an Oscar like Meryl Streep. I don't know. Maybe you never know.
1: You never know. Oh my God. By the way, I heard your your conversation before this. I have not thought of the Hamilton movie being eligible for the Oscars. That is amazing. And of course it's going to happen. Like, because it's Hamilton, that's just right. Insane, but anyway, little side note. It w- won every I other think-
0: award, so mm-hmm. I think it could, and I think also, I wonder if in a non-COVID time, if it would be something that would be possible. But now i I feel like all the rules are out the door. Like, Seriously, it tr- truly could happen. I, it would probably be the first like live stage show to win an, an Oscar. I would, truly, I would think so.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there's not like you know, you were saying too. There's not many other shows or movies that are going to be coming out this year. Because everything yeah. shut down, so except know. we know
0: Christopher Nolan's Tenant is coming out, even though it pushes its release date back <laughs> two weeks, every couple days. So I'm waiting for <laughs> he that. Really I'm wants waiting that for movie that movie to come out.
1: Mulan too. That's another one that keeps getting pushed back. I know. You know
0: that that one was so close to us too. I it mean, was. it was like I feel like they even had an opening night, and some people saw it. Yeah, but it's just
1: they. I think they 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 got into some trouble with I think the actor playing Mulan said something that was a little little funky and oh, okay. kind of derailed him a little bit. That's what I remember reading. I don't, you know, don't want to just gossip for the sake of gossiping, but. That's
0: <laughs> gossip. I need to look that up. But what I will say about Mulan is that might be one of the best movie trailers that I've seen over the last, right? like, Yo. The, the, when, the, when, the, when the reflection orchestral version came <laughs> on. Full body show.
1: And when she started flipping over people and running on rooftops, I was just, I mean, listen, I'm still getting over the fact that I didn't see Mushu in there and I'm still like I coming know. to terms with that, if that is truly a reality. But I mean, that trailer <laughs> just like completely blew my mind.
0: I, oh, yeah, it was, it was Wait, going really quick, Mushu. Who voiced him? Eddie Murphy. At Ed- Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. <laughs> love that movie so much oh it's it was amazing long pre pre shrek when he played the iconic donkey
1: Ooh, that's a good question i think it was i, I feel like it was i, I like think it we'll was late 90s i
0: feel like it was too because i remember like
1: celine dion doing a cover i think of reflection and that that was a time uh-huh. when she was still like you know or of, Aguilera, was it right? was it i need to stop saying the <laughs> wrong <laughs> people's names thank y'all for fact checking
0: me yes christine no you,
1: you know what i think you're right
0: christine <laughs> I think she even helped, um, this is me, watch them on a podcast, like, people are listening to this and they're going to be like, what? I think Christina Aguilera helped write Reflection or wrote it. Oh, you, I, I might have made that up. You might
1: be right. Let's just go with that. I'm, I'm good, go I'm good
0: to go with that. But Celine has a cover of Beauty and the Beast. That, or, uh, maybe yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. I don't know. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
1: just move on. I, I've embarrassed myself enough.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It's like, when you're like on the other side of it, we probably say things wrong all the time, and people are like, "That's why I will." I used to listen back to our episodes like fully, but now mm-hmm. I cannot because I just I cringe at some of the things I say, and I'm like, people still keep listening, so eh, you know, we're human. <laughs> Might as well we're keep human. going with it, exactly. yeah. <laughs> All right, Connor, I think it's time we dip into the dose of drama. It's time. All right, so we like to end on this segment where we give everyone a chance to share the drama in their hearts or mm. on their minds. This could be anything from a piece of culture you're consuming to true drama that you are witnessing in the world or in your in your life, Any, anything that really comes to mind. I'm going to kick it off because I am, I'm fired up today mm. because I woke up this morning and Instagram, oh, the Instagram... Stories of the gays on Fire Island partying by the hundreds, no masks, shoulder to shoulder, just truly out there. And I feel like a fool because I have spent the last almost four months quarantining, being a good boy, you know, limiting my interaction, social distancing, wearing a mask. I rarely leave the house. And um, yeah, the gays just needed to, to jump out on the beach in their new speedos and party and i feel like they're putting everyone at risk themselves at risk Mm. coronavirus is still real and um in fact it's getting worse so i feel like this i feel extremely dramatic about this um but i'm like really upset and i mean i'm not going to change my behaviors but i think everyone needs to stop being so damn selfish and remember that when you are you know who cares if you're going to get sick you're going to get sick but you could spread it to other people too anyway i'm very upset very very upset just, oh man, drama. I'm like actually speechless. My heart's racing. I hear you. And the thing is, I don't want these people to get sick. Like I don't want to no. see in a couple of weeks, like all these 20 somethings getting sick. Like that is not the point of this. It's just like, we need to all do this together. This, that goes into my dose, which I'm going to go right. next, if that's Spill okay. Spill awesome. it Dylan. Mm-hmm. We have not recorded since Broadway made the announcement that it's not coming back until January of 2020. This is our livelihood. Connor and I both work in the theater. Austin is an actor who is in a show that was running. This is insane. That'll it be almost a year. Cause I don't even know how many shows are going to reopen right away. That it'll be almost a year of unemployment for all of us. And we need continued government support (laughs) with that. We, I don't, I don't, it doesn't need to be $600 a week. It could be even just 500, Mm. (laughs) uh, 550, um, Something like that because we, I mean, I, I, it'll be really interesting to see how many people never return to New York because of this or change careers because of this. And it is just, it's true drama because I feel like a lot of us are at a crossroads now. Yeah. Um, it's tough. And it's, and, and kind of going off of what Connor said, people need to wear masks or else Broadway is going to keep getting pushed back. And other forms of entertainment too. You'll never get to go to your concerts that were rescheduled, or there won't be proms again next year for all the people in high school who missed out on that. So, uh, I feel like we're being heavy on the drama today. Mm-hmm.
1: Come on, Lane. <laughs> but it's it, real.
0: Though. It's so real.
1: <laughs> there is just so much damn drama in the world right now. It's you know, it's insane. I think though. The good drama is the revolution that has kicked off since, yes. you know, George Floyd was murdered. And I think that that's mm-hmm. something that I'm definitely excited about. Um, I am pissed about the fact that the officers who murdered Breonna Taylor are still out there. Um, that is insane it's to still me. still working.
0: Yeah, it's still, it's still working. Exactly.
1: I mean, John Mattingly, was it Brett, Brett Hankinson and Miles Cosgrove? It's important to say their names. Yes. They are still out there and they're still working and they have not been arrested. They have not been charged. They haven't even all been fired. And it's just, it's insane to me. Um, And I think we're just at an interesting moment right now where it's like the, the kind of viral nature of, of the movement is dying down, you know, as people's like feeds Uh are going back to cat videos and, and on all that stuff. And I think we're just in an interesting moment where, you know, (sighs) those whose eyes had not been open to it before their eyes have now been open to it. And, you know, you can't go back to pretending like you didn't see what you saw. Right. You know, you gotta, you gotta figure out a way to, to continue to make anti-racism a part of your everyday life and make this sustainable because it was always a long-term game. It was always a marathon. It was never a short thing. And I, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people who are just kind of starting to say, you know, I'm burned out with it. So I, you know, I can't really handle this anymore. So I'm just going to, you know, step away from it. And it's like burnout is real. That's totally real. Protect yourself, take care of yourself. But at the same time, like figure out how you can make it sustainable, you know, which, what books are you going to read this year? What, you know, what black organizations are you going to support? You know, how are you going to continue to show up day after day? And I think that's just something that like, I'm hopeful that, that, that I see, um, but at the same time, like looking at history, I know it's, it's very easy for people to get riled up and then for them to just kind of mm-hmm. forget about it when the next thing comes along. So
0: It's very, very well put, Austin. It, rem- it reminds me of, not to quote Hamilton, I'm sorry, when there's that line where it's, this is uh, not a moment, it's the movement, Come something on, along those lines. It's That is like, this is a, m- a full-time movement now and like this has to be the time. Things change. You know what? And like Connor and I have learned so much through this process. And like, as white people, like learning to be not saying I'm not racist, but being anti racist, mm-hmm. it's been, I mean, the biggest suggestion that I can make to like other people, particularly our white friends, is talk to your friends about it and hold each other accountable right. and start a book club or, right. or a, a resource club, something along those lines, so that you're forcing yourself to like integrate this into your daily right. activity. You
1: got to develop that, like that. that that anti-racism ethos that then mm-hmm. carries into everything that you do, you know? So yeah, you've got to continue to have those difficult conversations with your friends and your family and your peers and your co-workers. You know, like you said, yeah, start a book club. All of those are really, really great ways to just continue to stay active. But yeah, it's really just like always striving to be a better ally and looking within yourself to figure out, you know, to uncover and challenge your own unconscious biases. and. Um, right. You know, it's just really important work that has to continue. Um, and definitely has to continue within the, uh, the theater industry for sure. I mean, that's a whole different mm-hmm. thing that I could talk about for hours, yeah. but, um, you know, <laughs> really, no, real. really hope that that could, that we, we see the change that we're demanding.
0: Mm-hmm. I hope so on stage by backstage mm-hmm. around Absolutely. accessibility, everything, everything, everything. Absolutely. Um, Okay, wait, really quick. I just thought of something that we didn't get to, and I know we're wrapping up here. How was op- How was opening night of your Broadway show of your original Broadway show? Like, you know, you were in this sensation, Hamilton, and then you got to open up a new original show yeah. on Broadway. Which, I mean, and you're and you're not even. And you just turned twenty-seven, right? Yeah. Like, oh my god!
1: Who are you taking Crazy. me on an emotional roller coaster here? Let's go! <laughs> <I'm going from laughs> activist to anger to like, oh yeah, my <laughs> opening. I remember. No, they, I, thank you for that, though. I'm glad I get to talk about it. It was it was amazing. Like we we had also just um, we opened, and then two days later, we recorded our cast album, which is going to be coming out soon. So, and that that whole weekend was just like a dream. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, this 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 family, this cast, this company is just so warm. I love them so much. There was just so much love on that stage opening night. And then we got to, you know, go do our our opening night party down the street after that in Bryant Park. And, you know, celebrities showed up and like, you know, got to do the interviews and all that kind of stuff. And just like, just hearing what the the show meant to people and how they were, you know, um, taking it in and, and processing it. And, it was just a, a high that I think I, re- I rode all the way through the, the following week. And so to go from that to, you know, the, the three days of terror where we were hearing like the NBA is shutting down and this is shutting down. And then Hamilton and San Francisco shut down. I think it was that moment that we really realized, Oh, if they're starting to shut down major, major productions like that, then, you know, Broadway's it's only a matter of time. So we yeah. were checking our phones like throughout the performance, just cause we didn't, you know, at any moment, we thought the order could have come down from, from Cuomo that said, you know, got got to shut it down. So that was just a crazy week, you know, going from extreme high to, you know, just mm-hmm. utter shutdown.
0: Wow. I anticipate many more positive opening nights for you oh, in the you. future, because I mean, you've given us so much already in, in your, your career. And I just know that the, the best is still yet to come. Only the beginning, like. baby. Only
1: the beginning. mm mm-hmm. Thank this you, is man. the beginning oh yes um,
0: so you are at austin scott ninety three on Twitter and Instagram. That is correct um, and you, everyone who 's listening, please follow him. You post amazing resources as well about continuing the conversation about being anti racist and just the movement that 's going on. And we are trying to do our best with at the drama podcast by doing the same, but we are definitely not the resource to follow. I mean, <laughs> it's just we we putting out the podcast and trying to keep these conversations going. But
1: right on. right on.
0: We are so thankful for your time today, Austin, and I hope that everyone gets something really important out of our conversation. Like you said, it was a journey in many ways, but I feel like there's a lot of good things in here. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, thank you all so much for having me. I really had a lot of fun.
0: Go. Oh, Well, Dylan, Connor, we'll see you next time. Drama.